In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is episode 102. Add it up. Add it up. This is from the song by the Violent Femmes. I was introduced to this song by watching Reality Bites as a teenager. Do you remember Ethan Hawke in that movie? Oh, yes. That started a lifelong Ethan Hawke obsession. He is a... Remember when we said smoke show last week? He was a smoke show. Early 90s smoke show. Yes. And he sang this song... In that movie. That's right. And I felt my little teenage heart explode. You just like opened a door in my right? brain that had been you closed. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. I, I tucked that away. Reality Bites. Wow. Anyway, the song is added up by Violent Femmes. And I liked the idea of adding up grievances. Yes. Adding up all the things that you're pissed off at. Everything. All the grudges. So many. So our picks are all about that. Yes. Where things just add up and you can't handle it anymore. Real quick side note. Yeah. As you get older, have you ever seen the movie Billy Madison? Oh my God, have I seen it? Yes. As you get older, do you relate more and more to the guy that has the list of people? Does that seem less crazy (laughs) to you? You mean the guy putting lipstick (laughs) on and around and around? Which is Steve Buscemi, by the way. Yes, for sure. I mean, I start to feel like that's not so crazy. Right. And then when he gets off the phone after Billy has apologized and he's like, huh, okay. And he can remove him off the list. That's a good, it's like a checklist. And we know how good it feels to cross off something off a checklist. Yes, it seems organized. Yeah. I don't even think it seems that irrational. <laughs> I don't either. We should, you know, with our Excel knowledge, we should really be keeping a list of all of our grudges in yeah. an Excel worksheet. Yes. Instead of the drudge report, we could have the grudge report. <laughs> <laughs> we could have some sort of formulas to indicate how big our grudges are yes. versus others. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. 
That'd be a list, but that'd be a fun day activity. It putting would be that so together. Fun. It'd be so fun. I don't know if it's healthy, but it sounds so fun. It actually sounds real healthy right yeah. now. Just kind of get it out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Totally. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about adding it up, thinking yeah. about grudges, have you ever exploded over something small? When you knew it was actually like a whole bunch of things? Yes. And I will say sometimes it's explode, sometimes it's implode, where it's right. just shutting it down. Yeah. And my thing is when something goes wrong in the house, such as my front door has been jammed for the last week and I couldn't figure it out until I invited your husband over to, to fix it and then it sort of got fixed and then it didn't <laughs> pull again. It is not fixed. <laughs> Update not fixed. <laughs> But what happened is when I discovered that the door was jammed, I immediately got sweaty. I felt myself tearing up. I felt like a fight or flight in my body where I just wanted to flee. And then I realized, wait, I'm home. I've already fled. I don't, there's nowhere else to flee. Where to go? The other side of the room, yes. a different room. Things like that all the time. My mm-hmm. sink stopped working or my faucet stopped working a few months ago. And I just panicked, like, where am I going to get water? And then I realized, wait, I have other sinks in the house. Like this is not get water. I have to go to the well. (laughs) This is not apocalypse level yet. We're okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a real Uh just immediate panic when that happens. That's understandable though. And I sort of explode, even though I realize like it's other things, because I think there's so much in the world that is out of our control, but your home is where you're supposed to feel in control. Yes. And when that illusion of control is gone, it's like, well, huh, I don't, nothing, nothing Nothing's is going right. to, nothing is right no. in the world. Everything is, is wrong. Down and yes. down is up. And I don't know where I am. That's fair. That's a good point too. Yeah. Sometimes it's more imploding. Than it, is. it is exploding. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's exploding, mm-hmm. but just a little bit and then immediately just stuff it inside. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't swallow it down. Yeah. Choke on that anger. Mm-hmm. Have you, okay, so thinking about that, mm-hmm. where you might be exploding over something small, but there's really more going on. Mm-hmm. Have you ever witnessed the moment someone else reaches maybe that point, their mm-hmm. breaking point mm-hmm. about something that's maybe small or insignificant? Yes. Speaking of my husband. Oh. Yeah, this is a good Mike story. So this is going to be a Mike-centric episode. I He's guess gonna, so. Do you think he'll listen to this one? Maybe. Okay. Well, I'll make him. Okay, great. It's it's Mike lore in our family, this story. <laughs> I will tell you that. So, I, and I know it wasn't just over this, but it was just like that cumulative moment. It also yes. happened to do with house things. Mm-hmm. It was our old house. And he had replaced the garage door opener because our other garage door opener wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And so he replaced it and it would never quite work right. Like it would go up and it would stop. And it was like clearly an issue with the garage door opener itself. Like it wasn't communicating correctly. Yeah. And I believe that he had looked it up and there was like this whole like, yeah, there's a problem with these, whatever. And so I think it was like he was frustrated. I went through all that work and now the product's not good and I have other things to do and whatever. And so... I, I knew that there was an issue and I was in the kitchen and I heard him like Hulk the garage door up. Okay. <laughs> it gets so much worse. He backed my car out, got a stepladder and beat <gasps> the shit out of the garage door opener with a hammer. And I came out because I heard the hitting and I came out and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, it doesn't work. I don't have time for things that don't work. And I'm just going to go get a new one. And I was like, okay, this is clearly, this is a breaking point. Yep. And you There's know, a lot of other things involved here. You had the foresight to get the car out of the way. And you know what? If that felt good to you, so be it. Also, I like that quote that I don't have time for things that don't, don't work. work. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I just, 
I don't have time for it. I don't have time for things that don't work. And just lost his mind. Yeah. Zach will also witnessed it. So we often talk about the garage door opening. And how do you, do you refer to it as like the Hulk moment or is there a, a word for how you refer to it? We, whenever you say garage door opener, oh, all okay. of us are always like, oh shit. Oh no, don't bring that up. <laughs> is he still sensitive about it? Yeah. I mean, okay. he still can get worked up. Like he can still access that anger and be like, he was so angry about that garage door opener. But I think it was like accumulation. There was for a lot of sure. stuff going on at that time. Yes. But now it's in, you know, emblazoned as it was the garage door opener's fault. Yeah. But oh man. And that poor garage door opener had didn't, no chance. Had no chance. And was just like, listen, I'm doing my best. Yeah. I just need some help. But you're not in a helping mood, sir. No. You're going to destroy no. me. I also, none of us went with him to get the new garage door opener. But I do like the idea of him having to go to Menards and then being like, well, do you have the old one to return? <laughs> no. No. No, I don't. No. I opted instead of bringing that back for money. To just, I have murdered it. Yeah, I have murdered I have the murdered it. I just unleashed and there's no coming back. Like it is in shards on my garage floor. You know what? I bet the people at Menards that is not the first time that has happened. No. no. Yeah. No. They probably have a word for like the look on someone's face after they come to Menards after destroying whatever has offended them. Yeah, they really do. Like, oh look, it's some boy it's some guy with PTSD after, you know, this. Yeah. yeah. I mean I think it shows a level of sanity. He didn't pack all the pieces up and try and take it back that way. I mean, I might have like, liked to see that. <laughs> just pour those out. It came broken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are these on marks on my hands? Nothing. 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 Why am I so Nothing sweaty? Happened. None of your business. None of your business. <laughs> okay, which re- brings up a good point. Do you think that every person has a breaking point? I do. I think there's a certain point at which our systems just shut down. Yes. And whether it's an explosion like we talked about or an implosion, I know there's times where I've hit my limit and I just reach utter calm because it's like I, there's just no, there's no time for any emotion right. for this. Yeah. Like I've just, I've reached a point at which nothing can affect me anymore because mm-hmm. everything has disappointed me mm-hmm. and hurt me. Mm-hmm. And that's my moment. Yeah. And then it may take me a while to, you know, let it show yeah. And when that comes, it's a reckoning. And <laughs> everybody just watch out. I've just reached the end of my Excel list mm-hmm. and just added it up and realized there's too much. There's too much. Too much. It's too much. And even if I work some formula magic in Excel, it doesn't make it go away. You know, that's a good point. If we had the grudge list or the grudge report, as I'm going to call it from yes, now on, yeah. uh, we could probably see, much like our two be red piles, it's mm-hmm. not physically going to be possible to get all that revenge. Yeah. So we need to get started. That's right. It's really just a good planning tool. It's also interesting because we've reached the point in our reading where we will give a book, what, maybe 20 pages, 50 pages, yeah. something like that. Maybe we have to institute that same thing with our grudges, where we give them a little bit of time, and if it's not satisfying the resolution, we say, you're not even, I don't have time for your grudge. No. I don't have time for this anymore. That's how sad you are. You have moved off the grudge report. Off the grudge report. You don't even get to be on there. (laughs) You don't get a rating. Mm -mm. You don't get to move around Mm -mm. in the... In the Excel shuffle? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. And then that gives you an option if you want to add a grudge and you're really oh, fired up about it. Yeah. You can say, listen, this one's so big it needs to take up spots one through five. Mm-hmm. So we need to move these guys down and see who we can mm-hmm. let go of now so yeah. that I have space for this really burning grudge. Yeah. It might help our mental health. I think so. 
because we'll recognize there's only so much space we have yes in our excel grudge report yes for these people that piss us off yeah. so we got to pick and choose who pisses us off i think i think so Whew. Yeah. I feel like we don't have time for this episode. I know. I want to start my grudge report. <laughs> and I'm going to make it look good. Me too. I'm going to give it some coloring and some formatting. I was already thinking graphs. of ratings that were like fire, you know, yes. one, two, three, four, five little fire bushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that emoji of fire always makes me it's, think of the burning bush from the Bible. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. it looks like fire isn't like that, but that's like our that's become true. the universal symbol for fire. I will say, I think that's your Catholic upbringing because that's yeah. not where I went. Okay. That's not. Yeah, that's fair. Yep, that's, that's fair. you and your inculcated. Yeah, that's Bible true. Stuff. Burning yep. bush, really. Burning that's bush. true. Yeah, that's what <laughs> usually jumps to people's minds. Wow. Okay. So you know we're accumulating our, our grudge yeah, reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Historically, mm-hmm. have you ever tried? things to alleviate some of your grudges to deal with the anger towards your grudges some extracurricular activities perhaps yeah I, it didn't start out that way okay to be okay um during that horrible time which we've discussed that i tried to do that exercise class for no good reason. oh no 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 um, is that the one a, where you peed your pants yep, yep okay sure yeah. is yeah they had a kickboxing day mm. and the first and that didn't come until you learned some skills so it was further into the program and on the kickboxing day uh i went and I didn't anticipate how cathartic that would be because mm. that you have like a fake dummy and you're kicking it mm-hmm. and you can't help but get a little worked up and you can't help but be like thinking about things. And then I started crying. Oh, no. Yeah. Like I didn't mean to, but like <laughs> tears are coming out. And I was like, OK, this is like clearly this is hitting something a little too real and a little too hard. Oh, yeah. And here I am like the emotions are out and like it, it did feel really good. But yeah. it was also something that I never wanted to do in front of I mean, you're in public. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I have considered getting one of those dummies in the garage. I mean, you should. And just kicking it. Because then you could cry and no one would have to see you. Yeah. And you could full catharsis. Yeah. Yeah. I've taken like kickboxing and stuff in the, you know, in the past in like fitness classes and always really enjoyed that. Yeah. I don't think I've let myself get to the point of full catharsis. You know, one time um, I had a massage after a really, really, the really bad breakup. Okay. And... I didn't realize like how much like tension my whole body was holding, right? Yeah. And I think I got a gift certificate, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this." And you know, it's instead of drinking all the time, which is right. what I was doing, sure. right? Yeah. So she, at some point, like she, like massaged part of my shoulder, and it just like it felt like this tension melt away, and I started laughing and crying at the same time. And she just kind of was like. Ah. But I'm sure she'd seen it before, oh, yeah, right? For I'm sure, sure she'd totally yes, seen it. Yeah. But I was immediately embarrassed and then just kind of shut it down for the rest of the massage. But I was like, that felt really good. That I needed so that. Good. I needed that release. I was carrying yes. it right there. But yeah. Oh, that sounds like it would feel good. Yeah, but I cried in front of a stranger. We don't like to do that. I know. We don't but like to le- cry in front of people we know. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. And this is the problem with keeping our grudge report and not... Just letting it grow it. Yeah. instead of cutting it down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The more we try to control it, yep. the worse it's going to be. Exactly. Hmm. We'll yeah. have to take that into account. Yeah. I mean, I'm still committed to it, but I am fully committed. We to just it. have to figure out how to how to cultivate it the best. And somehow we need to like have a you know 
regular meeting on the grudge report agree and like agree. assess like where we're at with yes. the ratings like yes. what we can cut you know i also like the idea of you and i having like a tribunal and other people can come <laughs> and and give like their case for what they want to put on the grudge report oh. and we'll take it up for you like that is big enough that we're going to put that on our grudge report yes i think this ties into remember when we were going to offer like relationship services yes yes, yes. We were going to break up uh-huh. for people and uh-huh. stuff like that. This could be part of it. Yeah. We can add a- your grudge to our grudge report. Yes. We will add it up for you. We will. We'll give it the appropriate number of fire bushes. And- <laughs> <laughs> Moses would be proud. <laughs> Wait, was it Moses? I don't Moses? know. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the biblical guy would be proud. So proud. Of the burning bush. Yeah. And- I forget the story behind it. I always, know. when I think of Moses, I always think of the story of putting the baby in the basket and just sending it down the river and yeah. then he got saved. And I'm like, as a parent, huh. like we just, we really exalt that story and how great that was yeah. and how wonderful that turned out. But I think that could have gone some other way. That ways. could have gone real bad. Also, did she have other children? Did anyone investigate? Because <laughs> statistically, was Moses just like the one out of the four that made it? Like she did it four other times? And Yeah. I mean, think of all the fairy tales that start with like somebody leaving a baby out in the woods and just letting it fend for themselves. Yeah. The Moses story was a delightful one. Yeah. Versus all those fairy yeah, tales where. Yeah, was just in it. But also, just logistically here, just, just real quick, I've never actually seen a basket. That would hold a baby? Well, that, but also that would maintain itself in water. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the weight of a baby. Especially, like, if we're thinking biblical times, this is not going to be some sort of modern plastic. No, that would, I was you know... assuming, like, palm leaves. Right, or like, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the structural integrity no. of the baskets back then. No, I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. Maybe we could ask Mythbusters to do that. Can you float a baby in a basket down a river? And they can start a contest to see where they get the baby, like whose baby yeah, they whose use. Yeah, whose baby makes yeah, it. Yeah, Because then that's going to be the modern day Moses. Yep, modern day Moses. Do you talking to, to flaming bushes or whatever it was? Fire bushes. Fire bushes. So much worse than a flaming bush. I went fire bush. It's so bad. I just thought of Three Amigos. The movie with Martin Short yes. and Steve Martin and every, and there's a burning bush at one point, but he's singing the whole time. Uh-huh. And I like that idea. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. the fire Just bush can come sing. around the mountain till it comes up. Yeah. yeah with the fire bush. Yeah. I like that. Anyway. <laughs> Don't mm-hmm. know how to transition from that, except to say we talk about books on this podcast. And, we do. And it's we time do. to talk about the books. It is. Yeah. It is. And as we said, the theme is added up. So looking at picks where they just got a list. They've got their own grudge reports. Yes. And what they do with that remains to be seen. We'll see. So my fiction pick is called The Husbands by Chandler Baker. Have you read this one? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The way you went, ooh. wanted to read it but you know you told me how good it was i was like well amy's read it she'll probably recommend it mm-hmm. <laughs> i can understand how my excitement was confusing <laughs> nope <laughs> nope never heard of it <laughs> i don't know why but that got me oh, yeah well it was ridiculous <laughs> So you would give it, on a scale of fire bushes, what would you give it? There's nothing to give. I have no idea. I've never read it. Based on what you said, a lot. A lot of fire bushes. Right, right, right. Okay. The Husbands (laughs) by 
Chandler Baker. So <laughs> I won't chime in anymore because I know nothing. <laughs> So Nora is the main character, and she is an attorney, and she's very successful, she's very driven, she's also a wife and a mother. And guess who bears the brunt of all the work at home? Probably the husband. (laughs) (laughs) No? No. No. What? What? Oh, this is turning everything on its head. And guess who bears the burden of all the work taking care of the kids? Oh, like all the doctor's appointments, yes. all these stuff in the house, all the, th- the social calendar, the holidays, mm-hmm. thinking ahead for things, arranging for things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be Nora. Yeah. Not her husband. The mother. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to be fair, her husband is great and she knows this. She loves him still very much. She knows that he works hard too, but she cannot help resenting the fact that she works so much more. She's working another job on top of her already demanding job. Mm-hmm. So she and her husband are house hunting and they find this exclusive suburban neighborhood called Dynasty Ranch. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So let that sink in Ooh. and what you might think there. And Nora, though, she's smitten because the women of the neighborhood that she meets, they're all super powerful. There's a tech CEO, there's a neurosurgeon, there's an author. And even more than that, their relationships seem like everything she wants because their husbands are over the top supportive. They take care of all the things that Nora wishes her husband Ah. would. So she's like, they have got it figured out. I want to know these women. I want to be part of this neighborhood. So as part of the sort of the wooing process because there's an application to live here and all that kind of stuff she takes on a resident's wrongful death case and she starts learning more about the women starts learning more about the husbands and it feels so like intoxicating until there start to be things that she can't really explain fully like their husbands are acting very strange they're not just taking on more labor but it's like above and beyond like super anxiety and not about not being able to take care of all the labor like it's getting very strange and the people involved are very secretive about it and maybe even to the point of murder what (laughs) (laughs) what is wrong with me today oh my god i'm sorry that was ridiculous no that was it feels like i haven't been out of the house for two weeks and then some i like they let me out and i've lost my mind okay oh no that was (laughs) that was the exact right reaction that's what i was looking for okay good okay i was just so excited to get it okay good good so i chose it for this theme because In a relationship, especially when you have kids, you're going to have grievances, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they can build up. They can add up over time. And for women, we're just sort of expected to swallow them down, to Mm -hmm. swallow down that grudge report and to just take on this extra work because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. But there are breaking points. And this book thinks about, like, what happens if some really smart, accomplished women find a way to make their husbands do what they want? So it's this really sort of fun sort of Stepford Wives redo mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's also so relatable. And I imagine to any working mom, this is going to be so familiar to the point of like, oh, that sounds really nice. But oh, shit, there's murder. So yeah. what, you know, oh, no, what do I do yeah. kind of thing. And I think, uh, you know, maybe as you read it, you'd realize maybe you're desperate enough to do something drastic Ooh. like this. Just See what happens. 
I see this. I feel like this is, could be a good movie. This would make an excellent movie because I think some of the, the the visuals are very strong. This Dynasty Ranch in and of yeah. itself, I bet you could get some really good stuff in there. But I think what she picks up on so much is some of the small bits of behavior among these husbands. She's like, that's just, that's, that's strange. Yeah. That's very, and I think that if we saw that visually, it'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you heard it here first. It should make a good movie. Yes, they yeah. should. I, I think they should. Yeah. Well, my pick this week is called Convenience Store Woman by... Ooh! <laughs> Have you read it? No! Okay. <laughs> it's by Sayaka Murata, and it was published in 2018. Oh, I'm sorry. Translated by Jenny Tapley Takamori. Uh, it was published in 2018 by Portobello Books, but it was originally published in 2016 in Japan. Okay. So Kiko is a... 36-year-old woman living in Japan working in a convenience store. She graduated from college, and she's basically just doing her best to fit in. But she does this by mimicking other people's actions and speech patterns, or by having her sister tell her what she should be doing. And she loves her job. She loves what she does. She loves her coworkers. But lately, her a couple friends she has, her parents and other colleagues have begun to question more and more why she doesn't have a better job or a man or a family. Ugh. Yes. And her sister gave her this excuse to just say she's not well, which is why she can't work a full-time job. So she has this part-time, yeah. So that's what she does. But that's starting to kind of fall flat too, because why would you work a job where you have to stand on your feet all day if you're not well? Right. So she's continually trying to live up to everyone's expectations but while also managing what actually makes her happy and works for her in her life. And this all gets turned on its head when the convenience store hires this young man who is, by all accounts, terrible. He's terrible at his job. He's kind of a misfit. He's weird. He says weird things. He's a jerk. And they ended up they end up firing him. But his whole thing is like, I don't fit in anywhere. And if you don't fit in, you're screwed because that's what society wants. You either have to be have a great job that makes a lot of money or you have to be having a family or whatever. So they, uh, Kiko kind of relates to him on this level and they kind of forge a particular kind of relationship based on that. So without saying too much more, I picked it for this theme because to me, it's such a really good illustration of all the pressure that's put on females in particular Mm -hmm. without any regard to what they actually want or how they actually feel. I mean, we get the idea that there's something else going on with, I think it's Keiko actually, Keiko, but we don't ever really know that for sure. But Mm -hmm. we know that there are things that make her happy that she feels like she can't do because society is telling her, no, that's not okay. You need to have a full-time job. You need to have a man. You need to have a family. So much so that she almost feels uncomfortable in the relationship she does care about, like mm-hmm. with her sister, a couple of the friends. Like she, she's afraid to go and be seen with them because she doesn't want to answer the questions. And I also like the book because it's equal parts heartbreaking and optimistic. Because um, I think that it really demonstrates that no matter where in the world you live, that there are pressures placed by society that require that you either give in or you're going to go your own way. Mm -hmm. And I love stories that we can see from a different perspective or a different culture of that same kind of theme playing out. Yeah, that it's not just us. Yeah, Yeah. and and I think that's true that, you know, people have pressure everywhere. And I love a story that examines that and butts that up against when do you get to make a choice for yourself and Mm -hmm. say, no, this is what makes me happy. Yeah, And all these people that supposedly love her, why can't you see 
and just be okay. Maybe it doesn't fit a mold, but it makes her happy. And that adds to the grudge report when yes. people that supposedly care about you are not really seeing the you, you. They're not yeah. listening to you. Yeah, yeah, there's this very culmination in the book of all these things she sort of just had to accept. Mm-hmm. And it comes to a head where she's like, no, I this is what I want to do, though. So I it's it's a pretty short book, actually, but I really enjoyed it. I loved the, the translation's great. Obviously, I haven't read it, you know, the original, but mm-hmm. I... It, I just read wonderfully, and it was a great job with the setting. You always felt like you were right in the convenience store with her. So, Oof. yeah, it was it's really good. And if you've ever worked a job like that at a grocery store yeah. or a convenience store, yeah, ugh. yeah, a, and I would I would akin moment. it to a little bit of a grocery store because mm-hmm. the way they describe it, I'm assuming more in Japan that that's more you know you have so much uh, foot traffic everywhere right. that it's more like that. I mean, they sold a lot of grocery items more yeah. than anything else, so. Ugh. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, though. It was a quick read, and I Excellent. recommend it. How many fire bushes would you give it? Well, I would say the ending is worth a lot of fire wow. bushes. Wow. Yeah. All the fire bushes. I enjoyed it. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we have a podcat visiting oh. us, by the way. Oh. And staring directly at you. Oh, no, not at you. Okay. No, she just wants up in the lap. Right? Okay. Is she going to attack you with her murder mittens again? Before we started recording, a cat jumped off and scratched you, and you yes. called in a murder mitten, and yes. it took me quite a while to recover from that. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I keep forgetting that, uh, you know, these are wild animals that right. have claws mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are usually used to kill things, and so right. they scratch human skin very easily yeah. because our skin is stupid. It yeah, doesn't stand yeah, up to. Yeah. Murder mittens. Particularly you and I personally. Yeah. We're not getting any protection from the sun either. Oh, like our skin is useless. So did we get a defective product? I think so. I think we really did. And judging by the amount of scratches on my hands yeah. and arms. Yeah. It's really. And I keep reminding her, hey, my skin is stupid. Go easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> my skin is stupid. <laughs> my skin serves no purpose. Serves none. None. So, okay, well, she's just going to, this is Louise, she's just going to stand up here and uh, listen. Let us know if you need us to add anything to the grudge report. Oh, she's got some grudges, Mm -hmm. including Ziggy. Oh, yeah. Because they wrestle a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for other genre picks, I have got a short story collection. And this comes from Jen Fox, who joined us for our recent Broads and Books events. And this is called Tales the Devil Told Me. And this comes from a small press, Press 53, and I think uh, the the event that we had uh, last week, it showed us how cool story collections are and why small presses are the shit. Mm-hmm. So this book, picture all your classic literary villains, right? Professor Moriarty, Rumpelstiltskin, Mrs. Danvers, Captain Hook. Mm. Something happened to get them to the point at which they were villains. Villains extraordinaire. You might say. And here you get stories that show that they may just be people with the grudge report way too long. Like they just couldn't (laughs) handle it anymore. (laughs) Just Uh could not handle it anymore. So this might be a warning for us. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, They are people with grievances. Some of them perfectly natural, Mm. I think, which Mm -hmm. also may be a a bad sign that we align with them Mm -hmm. um, and maybe went a little too far in getting them taken care of. So Mm -hmm. we get a story about Hamlet's uncle, Claudius, who in Hamlet is a bad, bad dude. Mm -hmm. But here, he may be the only sane one in that damn Danish castle. 
we get a story about Medusa, who is trying to hide her snake head that turns people to stone until a nosy plastic surgeon just can't handle it anymore and needs to see that damn face. We get a story about Polyphemus, who really just wants to be friends with Odysseus and Aww. all of his guys, but he keeps saying the wrong things uh-huh. and accidentally eating the friends. Oh, and it's just, no. Oh, it keeps going wrong. He's just really socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> we get a story about the witch who has survived plague and famine and who builds a house of candy and why she decides to lure kids like Hansel and Gretel in and eat them. Right. There is so much to love in this collection. I think the stories, they're funny, they're dark. Uh, My favorite story is about Captain Hook, who falls in love with a normal woman, works at the post office, is followed around the neighborhood by a crocodile, and can't help but feel freaked out by his stepson because his stepson is named Peter, just like (laughs) Peter Pan. It's just brilliant, and it's so funny. So I chose it for this theme because obviously I love a good villain. Yeah. And I love it especially when you can see sort of the reasoning behind their actions. Yeah. Even if it's messed up, even if others wouldn't do the same, it's great. And here, I think, like I said, they just have grudges and grievances. There's just too many. It just adds up. Yeah. Until suddenly everyone calls them villains. So two things. One, you can watch our recording of that event that included Jen Fox in which she reads a little bit from this collection. And two, I think we just need to keep that in mind as we prepare a grudge report that we could easily go into villain territory (sighs) if it gets too long. I'm okay with that. I am as well. Like I said, I love a good villain. I don't. Yeah, I feel okay about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... That'd be great. We could come up with our own villain names. Mm -hmm. Because that seems to be what villains do. They name themselves somehow. You know, also, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I feel like villains actually take more action. It often feels like people that end up in the hero role just sort of fell into it. Yes. Like they didn't even mean to. And then everyone's like, you're a hero. And they're like, oh, I just showed up. Where a villain's like, I planned this out. Mm -hmm. I had so many things involved. I'm Professor Moriarty. And I brought in the smartest dude, Sherlock Holmes. And I bested him. Yes. But, but all you want to talk about is Holmes and Watson. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's mm-hmm. so many like people that just uh, attack a villain in self-defense and they get named heroes. Yeah. Where the villain has put so much goddamn work in. Right. Without any, uh, you know, how did you get there? Yeah. Yeah. Well. So maybe it's not the cautionary tale. Maybe it's just like, hey, this is our roadmap. Maybe it's inspiration. Yeah. To being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird that you picked the husband's. Yeah. And mentioned that it was Stepford Wives Flipped. Yes. Because my other genre pick this week is a novella called Stepford Wives. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By Ira Levin, which was originally cool. published in 1972. Um, and I, if you're not familiar with novellas, it's somewhere between a short story and a novel. They're not usually quite as short as a short story, but they're not really like a full length novel. So that's why I put it in the other genre. This is quick. You could read it in an hour. Um, I am, I just never had actually read this book. I haven't either. I had heard of the movie. I've never yeah. actually seen the movie Me either, neither. but I, we've all heard the phrase, yes. like the phrase Stepford Wives is used a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I happened to have a copy, I think from a class that I was supposed to read it in and never did. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to see how that stands up. This was a couple months ago and it does. And it's almost eerie in 
how well it stands up and how much it mirrors some things that are happening today. Wow. Yeah. So Joanna and Walter move their family to Stepford, which is this beautiful suburban area. It's supposed to have everything you want. They think they hit the jackpot. Joanna's a little worried because they're moving from New York. And so she's a little worried about some of the opportunities that they're going to miss. And she also is gets the feeling right away that the town has very antiquated views mm. and misogynistic in a lot of oh, ways. Shit. In Most notably, because there's this club there called the Men's Association. Nope, that's and no good. Right away, they want her husband to join. And, nope. he's, and she is surprised when he says he wants to. And he's like, look, we can't change everything from the outside if we don't know what's going on. There. This is how he presents it to okay. her. So I'm going to get in there, see what they're really doing. Why is this so important to these people in this town? Meanwhile, she's kind of doing her own research and finding out that there used to be a really active women's civic organization in this town. Like these wives that she's meeting that are very one note, don't want to be friends, they're only concerned about housework and pleasing their husband. She's finding out that they were bringing in crazy, amazing authors to speak and they were having these meetings and ideas of change and then all of a sudden it became the men's association and it's totally different so as she's doing this research she realizes that the club is much more sinister of course it is and their actual plan is a lot darker and a lot scarier and a lot more murderous yes Mm -hmm. and so from there it just goes downhill fast and i really think that this is a terrifying relatable classic reading that should scare everyone really yeah probably now more than ever yep that sounds very relevant it does Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of kept striking me was like this feels so relevant right now and that is terrifying it is terrifying so terrifying to the point where you said a men's group and i immediately seized up like oh god yeah that's bad because there's you know Yes. That's our current environment. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's a wild ride in a few pages. And I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised at well, how well it held up. And it was scary. And I felt scared. <laughs> and so there you go. Well, once you, you know, if you're still scared from that, read The Husbands. Yeah. And you might see now a I little, need to, yeah, 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 get the other get side. In. Yeah. Because that's Different. funny. Because that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, oh, this would be interesting if they took this same idea and made it, mm-hmm. you know, flipped it. And That's what Chandler Baker did. did. See? Yeah. Which is what's great about books. Because a lot of times you think, oh, it'd be great if a book was like this. And then, oh, you find that book. Yeah. There's so many. It's so great. And we want more of them. More. More, we want more, more, more. books, not less. That's right. More books, not less books. Yes. Read what you want. <laughs> Don't take opportunities away from other people. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> Probably don't listen to this podcast, but that's what I like these direct yeah. commentaries to people who don't listen yeah. to us. Just so it's out in the universe. Just so it's out there. Yes. Yeah. You're on my grudge report. Mm-hmm. Pretty near the top right now. <laughs> it's real top of mind for me. This is a good point, though. Does our grudge report include people that we know personally as well as people that we don't know but just hate? Yeah. Okay. Great. I think it has to. It has to. It has to. Are there to. different categories of grudges then? Absolutely. Okay. So people that we interact with in our mm-hmm. lives versus people that we see on the news I think we need like an active tab. Yeah. I, we need a slow burn tab. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. need a low burn, meaning mm. I'm not going to take you off the grudge report because mm-hmm. just your mere presence is always going to yes. bother me. Yes. But you're not really actively doing anything for me to comment on. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like you. Yeah. For sure. So you go on the low burn grudge yeah. report. Yeah. And I think you can move throughout those if need be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Slow burn versus low burn. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a difference. I think there is a yeah, difference. There is yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be some names on that low burn that just stay there forever. Just stay forever. For and their mere that, existence, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And I think that there's that that would feel good. That yeah. you have a place to keep it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, pop culture pick. Yes. This is entertaining as hell. Ooh. You're going to like it. It's called okay. Timeless. Oh. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. So this was on NBC like a few years ago. Okay. There were two seasons and then a series finale movie. Okay. And all of those things are on Hulu. So it's all complete. You can watch it. Sorry, Louise. That was a little look like I'm going to use my murder mittens on your stupid skin. Yeah. I accidentally brushed against her. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and that was so. Personal space is a big thing for her, okay. and t- but my personal space no, is not, not yours, a thing for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, timeless, timeless. So we started this warehouse with a bunch of tech geniuses working on a machine. Mm. Then a man named Garcia Flynn breaks in. He steals one of the techs and jumps into the machine, which disappears. Oh gosh! Turns out the head of this tech guru thing is called Connor Mason and he has developed a time machine and it's been stolen Ah. by Garcia Flynn Ah. so suddenly Homeland Security gets involved because Connor Mason didn't tell anybody that he's working on this time machine and so Homeland Security says we got to build a team Mm -hmm. and they build a team of a Delta Force guy named Wyatt Mm -hmm. a historian named Lucy and one of the tech guys named Rufus and the three of them are tasked with following Flynn into the past in a backup machine because there's two time machines smart, convenient smart. yeah 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 okay uh, and they have to follow him back to 1937 to mm-hmm. be exact to the day the Hindenburg exploded oh. and they understand that Flynn is trying to change something but they don't know what mm-hmm. they don't know why and th- they just know they have to stop it they have to preserve history mm-hmm. but something changes the Hindenburg doesn't explode when it's supposed to it explodes like the next day oh okay so they've stopped it but they also have changed history so when they come back Lucy's life is completely different her sister is gone has never <gasps> existed she suddenly has a fiance and she's like I don't know who this guy is oh my her gosh. mom who was in a coma is now awake and everything's fine oh okay meanwhile Flynn has traveled somewhere else so the team has to follow oh no so over the first season of this show we see them go back to all these different times in the past and they're trying to figure out what Flynn is doing what's his end game and how to fix the mess that he's making so they go back to Lincoln's assassination they go back to the French and Indian War they go back to the Alamo to all these events and they're trying to preserve history at first even the bad history like it would have been great if Lincoln could have survived and then Mm -hmm. a a lot of the uh, the bad things that happened after the Civil War might not have happened but they're like if we don't preserve this It could have untold consequences on the life that we return to. Right. So over time, the team becomes a real team, a family. And over time, Garcia Flynn reveals some of his reasons and his desperation. And it turns out there's a group of people called Rittenhouse that may be trying to change America into a fascist state. And Flynn is actually trying to stop them. So get that. So the enemy may not be the actual enemy. See? What? So I chose it for this theme because it all starts with a grudge because Flynn does this. His wife and daughter were murdered by agents of Rittenhouse. Mm. And he decides he's going to try and take them out if it's the last thing he does. Right, And try to get his family back. And that act then sets off all these chain reactions and, you know, things throughout time. More grudges, more grievances. Right. This is such an entertaining show. It's such a rich show. 
I love a good time travel concept. Yeah. And this is terrific. It's really well done. I think the it's interesting because the first season of the show, it was very well loved, but by a small group of people. So the show was canceled. But then oh. there was this huge, massive fan outcry. Uh-huh. And so they renewed it for a second season. Same thing happened at the end of the second season. They canceled it. People freaked out. So then the creators are like, let's just make a movie and just be done. And just be done. Okay. And that's what they did. And it ended in a very, very satisfying great way oh good okay and yeah it's a quick binge uh it's really great show and i recommend it wow timeless timeless all the fire bushes i was thinking when you were first talking that this is why i would make a bad villain because i would be there and i need to pick a tech to go with me Mm -hmm. and you know that i picked the wrong person i picked the person (laughs) that was just dropping off the coffee but i don't find out until we're already there and he's like no i don't work there yeah I was yeah. just delivering a package, and then you brought me here, and I'd be like... Yeah, he doesn't pick the greatest tech, and that's part of the story, too. Mm. And and then, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, for other genre, picked a documentary that you can find on Amazon or Showtime. It's called Love Fraud. Hmm. And this is the story of Richard Scott Smith, who uses the internet and his charms to con women into marrying him and then steals all their money or what money they have he his defense by the way at the end is that they were never very wealthy so was he really a con man yeah it's it's wild (laughs) it is wild let me tell you that this is a four-part documentary and it's worth it just to see the interview with him at the end wild stuff so here's why i added why i picked it for this because we meet this real life female bounty hunter who is bigger than life. Like, if you wrote a character like her, people would be like, this is too much. But oh she God. is nuts. Like, she tells her origin story of becoming a bounty hunter, and it's her at a bar, and she sees a woman get slapped, and she's like, not today! <laughs> and she tackles the guy and chokes him out until he passes out. And apparently no one in the bar had a problem with this, so much so that a guy comes up to her and is like, have you ever considered being a bounty hunter? And she's like, what's that? And he tells her, and she's like, cool, I'm going to do that. This feels like all of those stories you hear about being discovered as a model or an actress. Yes. Yes. Except she was discovered as a bounty bounty hunter. hunter. Yes. Who knew there were scouts for bounty hunters just hanging out in bars? I didn't know that. And that you could get away with that. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, the women, as they're getting scorned, one of them has this great idea. What if I make a website, detail everything, his name, so if people Google him, it'll come up to try to prevent other people from having this happen to them. So as he's burning women and moving on to the next one, they're all gathering up. And under this bounty hunter, they're figuring out a way to catch him. So most of the story takes place in Kansas, but interesting Iowa connection. He also had a warrant out in Iowa. And when they do catch up to him, he does some of his prison sentence in Iowa. So his interview takes place at the Polk County Jail. Really? And it is bonkers. The stuff that this guy does and says and the number of women he was married to at one time. That's my... That was my yeah. next question was how many women did he do this to you? Well, he they found so far the documentary makers found 10 marriage certificates. He says he was only married five times, but they found 10. And, and they these found, are all at the same time? All no, they were like different, but some of them did overlap. Oh my God. Yeah. And it is, it's weird stuff. Like with one lady, he insists that they open a crab restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So she steals her husband's pension, leaves her husband, 
opens this crab restaurant. It's open for like two weeks and then he leaves. What? Yeah. He doesn't sound very good at his con man job. No, it's very weird stuff. Like the things that he chooses to con, it's very odd. Hmm. He tries to burn a boat down to get the insurance or to buy it cheap, but... It's he's not successful at it. I, it's just I'm telling you the interview at the end. If you want to see someone just the delusion, he comes. This is my favorite part of the interview. A little bit of a spoiler, but it's fine. He comes to the interview with these two women, these two female producers who are have done this whole documentary. They're well renowned, right? Professionals. And let's remember he's in jail. He walks up to the interview and he has the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Nope. He opens it up and says, oh, I want to read you a passage from here. Like he's mansplaining yeah. to two women who are yep. producing a documentary while he's in jailhouse stripes uh-huh. Uh-huh. of how to be an effective person. Right. It's just, it's bonkers. Oh my God. It's bonkers. But it's, it's, it isn't a, like a really fast paced documentary. Like it's not super flashy like some of them are. It's just, you're really along for this ride with these women. And I'm telling you what, I enjoyed And I loved the idea that they all got together. That's fantastic. One of them in particular, Lee, was really in charge of the blog and then really took it upon herself to like seek out the people he was dating and call them. Because she felt like if I warn them and they don't take it, I I, at least I did that, you know. And it's it's yeah, it is. It's a weird, wild ride, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And he is out because the things that he got charged i mean these aren't things that are big prison sentences yeah so he's out now so, so he could i be read doing this again yeah i read an interview with the producers and um they are considering a second installment because they've sort of been following him still so yeah i'll be interested to see where that goes and he seems but, like the type that would like that yes being followed i, I think and, so yeah. yeah although he's not smart he hasn't figured yeah. that out like when he was burning the boat down they have that all on video because he's being followed <laughs> He didn't realize that at the time. But then in the interview, they ask him about it. And he's like, I didn't have anything to do with that. They're like, okay. Like, that's their interview style is great. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, all of our this, viewers just saw you try to burn yeah. it down. Yeah. This is, you know how we joke about, like, the confidence of a mediocre white man. 100%. This feels yeah. very much like that. So much. Oh, he he cries. He's a victim. Oh, of course he is. He never went is. into these to not be permanent. Sure. He wants a permanent family. Oh, he just wants love. Yes. He's just been unloved. He just wants love. How could he be conning them if he's paying their car payment? Oh, God. What a swell guy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you paint us a picture of what the female bounty hunter looks like? Yes. Um, Leather. Yes. Skin. Not oh, very leather, oh shit. Like very oh, no. Leathery skin. Okay? <laughs> oh, no. Lots of like tees that have funny sayings on them. Oh, God. Like, oh. Like, I can't even think of one, but just that's like the regular. She okay. wears the earpiece all the time that oh, goes to your phone. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Smoker's voice because she smokes. Yeah, sure. Um, just cusses like a sailor, yes. which is delightful. Yeah. You, the scene where she's in the car when they finally catch up to him and the police are arresting him, she's doing the play-by-play. It's so much enjoyable like, watching <laughs> it because she's like, they are cuffing him. Shit! They are shit! 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 Cuffing him! Like, it is... Everything you want in a weird action scene. Does she have a great name like Dog the Bounty Hunter? I don't know. No, it's no. just a normal name. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. I've got an image of her. That's yeah, good to it's know. Something. Yeah. She also 
says that she gets stressed out a lot. And one of the things she does, I've never seen it before, but it's like some kind of puff paint. Like you pick up these tiny crystals and they come out of like a puff paint gun and you do like a, like a pretty picture. Like that doesn't seem like a real thing. It was weird. Okay. It was, it was not what I expected her to say she did when she was stressed. Yeah, no, that, but hey. But I appreciated it. Whatever. So what would you rather be, a bounty hunter or a villain? Oh, gosh. That's tough. Right? Mm, I feel like a villain. Yeah, me too. I feel like there's more room to grow there. Yes, because a bounty hunter, you still got laws to work with. I still, still got still laws, got, yeah. yeah. Whereas villain, it's whatever you want to do. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And with uh, by owning our villain status, we could really... Get we some could good work be done a on that bounty hunter report. during the day. Oh, I mean, we shit. could use yes, that could. as our front. So yeah. we could really have the best <gasps> of both worlds. Yes. We could be bounty hunting our grudge report. Yeah, we could. Mm-hmm. And then at night, the the people on the grudge report that justice is not being enacted, we get it that yes. way. Yes, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And whoever else pisses us off. And he admits quite a few times that that website is a real thorn in his side, which I'm sure just those ladies loved because that was the whole thing. They're like, we know that the justice system isn't going to adequately do to him probably what he deserves. So we're going to make sure everybody knows that he's a slime bucket. Yeah, and that he really needs to control the story. Yes. And he doesn't like it when the ladies are telling him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Slime bucket's a good word for that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really. I've never used that before. I it just came out of nowhere. I, I like it. I, I was like going to say scumbag, and then it came out of slime bucket. Well, either one works. I like it better. Yeah, I do too. Slimy bucket. Because slime, that just the word sounds right for him. Yes. It's just gross. Slimy. Like yeah. when you see him, you're like, how did you even get 10 oh, women no. to, you know? You're just yeah. like, ah. Yeah. It's wretched, but fascinating. Well, that's it, ladies. Watch out for dudes that are overconfident yes. when they should not be. And also, I like that story of them all banning together yes. and being like, you know what? No more. Yeah. None of this. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. If you've been taken advantage of, we band can, together with others. We can do this together. Yeah. And broads and books can help you do that. We can. We'll add that we'll to our to, services. That'll be another one of our services. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like bringing together on, you know, I mean, the, the women wronged. Kansas is not that far. It's really not. And you spend time here, so... In Polk County. In Polk County. Right here. In the Polk. Just a few miles away. Just so close. Had we known, we could have set up a bonus I was just thinking. (laughs) I'm not sure if they would let us in, but still interesting. Like, listen, buddy, what do you read behind, besides Seven Habits for Highly Effective? The Bible. No. Fuck you. (laughs) You know that's what the answer is. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Because he just wants a family. Or how to influence, what's that deal? Yes. How to win friends and influence people or something. Yeah. Yeah, that one. All of that stuff. Four-hour work week. Oh, God. He does. (laughs) He probably likes to talk about hacking his life somehow. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, life hacks. Uh Yeah. Life hacks. Girl, stop apologizing. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, have we talked about that maintenance phase episode about Rachel Hollis on air? Because... Listen, we've talked about maintenance phase. Listen to the episodes about Rachel Hollis, the girl wash your face lady. It is mind mind blowing. blowing. And so good. I'll give you a tidbit. Listen to that and then go find the stream of her her at now ex-husband was on Instagram this week and just shot himself in the foot so hard trying to sell his book. He just went off on a rant and then was saying things like, "If you're too dumb to buy my book, I don't even know why you're following me." <laughs> At one point, he yells at his young child to just figure it out while he's on this. It is. 
It's, oh, they it's, are in Meltdown. And it that's is fantastic. Meltdown 101. Which they deserve, which they you deserve. will find out yes, after you listen absolutely. to that episode. Absolutely. It is very gratifying. So and good. Gross. So good. Yeah. So good. And it's a two-parter, so it's, there's so much yeah. information. You'll love it. So oh, I feel we can, better just talking about I Christmas. know. And we have concrete steps. We have big goals, which is being a bounty hunter by day and a villain at night. Yes. And we have a concrete step of creating our Excel workbooks of yes. grudge reports. Yes. Yeah. And offering those services to I others. I that's something, you know, you see that all the time on Amazon. Like people self-print some of those things and sell them. We could sell a grudge report book on Amazon we to could. fill out with steps. On Etsy Trademark, too. trademark, trademark. <laughs> That's how it works. We That's established works. that early. Copyright, copyright, copyright. <laughs> so look for that coming your way. The Grudge yes. Report template available on Amazon and Etsy and all the places. And all the places. Yeah. Rodsandbooks.com. <laughs> In the meantime, we hope that you read some of these picks. Absolutely. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Yes. And in the meantime. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.